0: Hi there, I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen, as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. As we begin this new week together, I must say that we come to a distressing verse in the Bible. This is one of those verses that speak succinctly of a great tragedy. God's word is such an honest word. The Lord describes for us the way things were, the way things are, and not the way we would hope them to be in some sort of sentimental way. The Bible tells it straight, and believe it or not, we are just in the fourth chapter of the first book of the Bible, and already we have a murder I'm reading Genesis chapter 4 and verse 8, Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Cain, the man we have followed from verse 1 of Genesis chapter 4, is by the end of verse 8 a killer. This tells us how fast sin moves, doesn't it? In Genesis 3, Cain's parents, Adam and Eve, ate of the forbidden fruit, and that was a very bitter fruit, indeed. And not too many verses later, and their eldest son has killed their younger son. Really, Adam and Eve have two dead sons. Cain is dead spiritually, and Abel is dead physically. That serpent, who is Satan, is having his way early on in the first family. Remember in Genesis 3, verse 15, when God gives the first promise of the gospel? He promised this to the serpent, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel Eve was so eager to see this promise fulfilled that she surmised Cain would be the seed of hers that would crush the serpent on the head. It was not so. Cain, giving way to Satan, murdered his brother, thereby ruling himself out as the promised seed. And Eve's second son was not a candidate either, given that he was now dead. In the first generation of people, Adam and Eve, sin. And in the second generation of people, Cain and Abel, murder. Sin speedily moves from the individual to permeate the whole family. For anyone who would say that sin is no big deal, the murder of Abel is an effective counter-argument. As we have seen recently, when God rejected Cain and his offering, that was a blow to Cain's pride, which led him to be jealous of his brother, which then led to unrestrained anger resulting in murder. Sin is a high-speed, fast-moving, and expeditious thing. It takes one little opening and exploits the whole person, resulting in many disastrous deeds. In this case, an assassination, the world's first murder. The kind of bitter, resentful anger festered in Cain's soul, then came bursting forth in homicide. No wonder, in the Gospel of Matthew and Jesus' Sermon on the Mountain, he clearly makes the connection between anger in one's heart and murder. One leads to the other, and the first... And perhaps the clearest example of this took place right here in the beginning, Genesis 4. So let's get on the scene now and see what we can uncover. We will participate in a murder investigation. I am not sure if you have had this experience or not. I do believe this is quite common. Have you ever drifted off in the middle of a hard day at work and daydreamed a little about what other kind of work you might prefer to be doing? It could be that you love your job, but it's just a hard, difficult day. Something catches your attention, maybe in a book you are reading or a television show that you're watching. Could it be that at a social gathering on the weekend, you got to talking to someone who is in a very fascinating line of work Or maybe you were watching sports and you began to dream of what it would be like to put on the shoulder pads and cleats and play football, or to grab the bat in the dugout and trot out to hit the baseball. Thinking of the multiple millions the athlete makes in just one season of doing this makes it all the more appealing to you. Well, maybe we could keep this a secret between you and me, but I actually have a list of professions I sometimes think I would have enjoyed doing that, or I would have found that interesting. Now, this is not because I do not enjoy what I do now. In fact, sincerely, there is nothing I would rather be doing than God is. I think you know that. You likely sense the passion. But because I am a highly curious person with many interests, from time to time I too will daydream. And a kind of work, an important field, I think, that I find intriguing is forensic science. It is too late for me now, but being a forensic pathologist has appeal. And this is not because I watch too much TV or read too many murder mysteries. It is because I think finding Some measure of justice for a person who is murdered is a very worthy pursuit, and it is fascinating how an evil person who has committed a heinous crime can be caught using forensics. Actually, desiring some justice for the victims and the victims' living family members is related to being a pastor. Every time I hear of someone who is killed, my heart always breaks for the family and friends of the deceased. And these days, it seems we are always hearing about, reading about murder. And all the time, I find myself feeling a great deal of compassion to those who have to keep on living, knowing someone they loved is now dead. And the perpetrator of the crime is still unidentified or on the run. Who will pray for these grieving people? Who will counsel, encourage, listen to, and love them as they mourn? Who will provide them with the hope of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? I believe the ministry of the pastor is to be a gentle and caring shepherd who walks alongside the brokenhearted. Hence, there is my interest in forensic science, The official job title is forensic pathologist. According to my understanding, a forensic pathologist is a kind of pathology whose area of special competence is the examination of people who die suddenly, unexpectedly, or violently. The forensic pathologist is an expert in determining cause and manner of death. For example, this person is trained to perform autopsies in order to determine the presence or absence of disease, injury, or poisoning, to evaluate historical and law enforcement investigative information relating to manner of death, to collect medical evidence such as trace evidence and secretions, to document sexual assault, and to reconstruct how a person received injuries. Anyway, I thought of this at Genesis 4.8, as I invite you to investigate this murder with me. We know the killer, Cain, and we know the victim, Abel, and we know this is domestic violence. But we want to know, was this premeditated murder? Did Cain plan in advance to kill Abel? Did Cain set Abel up, knowing full well he was going to end his brother's life? That is a good question, and while the text in the English language does not answer us, the Hebrew text gives us good reason to believe that, indeed, Cain should be charged with premeditated murder. As good scientists and good Bible students, Hebrew language students, let us find out why the kind of murder Cain committed was planned in advance. What is the evidence for this conclusion? In my Bible, verse 8 is written in two sentences. It is this first sentence that interests us. The New American Standard Bible, the NASB, reads, Cain told Abel his brother. We read that, and it strikes us kind of odd. Wait, Cain told Abel his brother what exactly? Did Cain say to Abel, I am going to kill you, or prepare to die? The English translation leaves Cain's words open to that or some other interpretation. But when we follow Hebrew language scholars, such as our friends H.C. Leupold and Merrill Unger, we find that a better translation is this. And Cain said to Abel his brother, let us go into the field. Or let us go into the country. We also find such a translation in the Greek Septuagint, the Samaritan Pentateuch, and the Latin Vulgate. And Cain said to Abel his brother, Let us go into the field, or let us go into the country. Ah, knowing that we return to the English and read, And it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And now all of verse 8 makes much more sense. What is it that Cain told Abel, his brother? He told him, let's go into the field. And obviously, Abel went with his older brother, unaware. This decision would result in his death. Cain has suggested the field so that no one else would be there, Cain pre-planned his attack. Cain should be charged with premeditated murder in the first degree. And today's forensic pathologist would be able to tell exactly how Cain killed Abel. What was the death blow, even what tool was used to kill The Bible does not give such details, but the Bible is more detailed than you might think. And we will find that out tomorrow when we return to this verse. Genesis 4, verse 8. Cain killed Abel, the world's first murder. Our investigation continues next time on God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. mark at godisministry.org That's mark at godisministry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.